How <laughs> you doing, Cam? Hey, uh, let's start. Where where is golf in your mind right now? Yeah, once Liv came in, everything that went with it, and everyone hated Liv, and everyone hated PJ, and there was that whole push towards disdain and where it was going to look, and then there was the hastily sort of put together merger, and yet we still aren't any closer to a resolution. As we get towards Christmas in 2024, where do you see golf? Um, well, I think professional golf really is in quite a good spot because there's more money in the game than there's ever been. So, but it's it's quite um, important to to sort of separate professional golf and normal golf, mm-hmm. you know, because the the game we play is is not for billions of you know billions and billions of dollars. So, yeah, there is quite a big distinction there. But um, certainly on the pro level with the PJ Tour and Live, it it seems like they're coming together and hopefully they'll get something sorted for 2000. Um, and 24 going forward. So fingers crossed, they get something across the line in the coming weeks. Are you a fan of Liv? Are you a fan of what they created and what they've done so far? Yeah, big time. Um, I always get asked why, but I mean, Liv Adelaide last year was a good example of that, where you know you've been starved of like top level professional golf for for years over in Australia, and you deserve to have a tournament which brings you know the the best players from all around the globe there because you've got some of the best golf courses in the world, and it's and it's a, a golf you know hotbed. So you kind of deserve to have those tournaments and it was it was great to see that happen. And that's a good example, I think, of why Liv is is sort of helping to push professional golf forward, so I think. Oh, I was lucky enough to be at Liv uh, in Adelaide on day number three and it was outstanding. The amount of people, as it's been well documented, that went through the gates and the amount of people who continually enjoy the little loosed or looser approach to golf in his country. But you are right. We don't, we don't get to see Cam Smith. We just don't get to see him anymore when he's one of the best golfers in the world. We don't get to see the best golfers who aren't necessarily Australian as well. We're going to get to see Johnny Rahm when we roll around uh, Adelaide in live in, what's that, about April's time. So like, it's one of those situations that uh, golf star fans who don't get to see the absolute creme de la creme are diving on these type of opportunities. And I, and I think it might have changed the mindset of not just you know, the PGA and live worldwide, but definitely the the, the mindset of the Australian governing bodies because I think they realised how important it was and how we will go if we see the best golfers. Yeah, 100%, mate. It's, it's been interesting to see that um, Liv have now got this model where they have local governments and even courses themselves are, are pumping millions in to get these events there. And it shows that the demand is there for these, you know, for this tournament to be played around the world. And like you say, I mean, seeing John Rahm playing in Australia next year is going to be fantastic alongside like Cam Smith, and Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson. You know, there's there's so many good players that are going to be there. And, and it's just going to, I think, it's just going to keep growing and they're going to keep going to new countries. And hopefully, Greg Norman's dream of the world tour mm. is going to become a reality. And I mean, it already is, but it certainly should hopefully get bigger and bigger as it goes forward. What did you make of the John Rahm announcement? When it became official, and then, of course, he fronted the media, I did see you had some comments about it. What did you make of it? Um, I think it was wild. I mean, he's been linked for a little while, but he's always been sort of anti the format. And there was some talk that he was trying to get some things changed. But um, I speak to some of the lads quite a lot, and like Bryson DeChambeau said that they hadn't been uh, the captains have to vote on it, and he hadn't been asked, so they haven't done anything yet. But there is a possibility they might think about changing the format going forward, especially if uh, like Victor Hovland um, has said that he doesn't like the format, and he's been a target of Liv as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's, John, I think it shakes up the golf world, and I think it also pushes the PJ Tour to hopefully come to um, sort of drop some of their. Uh, what's the word like they're the things that they wanted from the framework agreement so that they can kind of negotiate and get and get closer to meeting in the middle and hopefully they're getting something ratified by the end of the year 
Liv seem a lot more flexible and adaptable to the needs of these golfers, or at least the wants of these golfers, which gives them an advantage, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And it's and they're always talking to the players. Like the players have such a big input on what's going on there. And I think um it was said well by Kevin Peterson, um mm. famous England cricket captain on my latest podcast. He he said that the players are all happy. And you don't often see that at golf tournaments and, and in many, you know, organizations for sport around the world. To see everybody seems to be quite content in what they're doing. And that is yeah, it's quite refreshing to see, I think. Uh, just on that, because there was a wonderful, wonderful chat you had with Kevin Peterson and the similarities between the IPL and, and what the uh, what that did to the cricket world 15 or 16 years ago and, and what Liver's doing now. It's a, it's a fascinating chat for the listeners of SEN Afternoons. Make sure you check it out, the Flushing It pod from last week. But it was, it was a really it, – it's a chat that I never thought – I never really thought to compare, but the sense that he made in the conversation you had was, was really, really impressive. Yeah, I mean, Kev's he speaks so well, but he he kind of approached me about it. Makes but I listened to what he was saying. I was like, do you know what? This is exactly what is happening in golf, really. So, yeah, it was it's cool to get his perspective because, like he was saying about the narratives that have changed over the last fifteen years, you can see that starting to develop now in golf. And give it another decade, and I think that all this sort of bad blood will completely disappeared, and franchise golf will be as big as franchise cricket. Are you surprised that the disdain or the the argument and the bickering is still there in some regards? I know the merger isn't 100% official and we haven't quite worked out those sort of tweaks and how it's all going to look going forward, but there is still a lot of disdain and and barbs being thrown towards particular players. Are you surprised by that? Uh, Not really. I mean, if you've been in golf, you know, for for as many years as I have, you kind of understand that, that golf is set in its ways and there's lots of people that just don't like change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they had problems in the past with lots of different things like letting women in clubhouses in many of the uh, golf courses in Great Britain. So, you know, just changing the complete format of professional golf is, is of course, going to upset a lot of guys. So I totally understand it. Um, but I think slowly it is starting to change and it will it only takes time. You know, it's the same as with cricket. You just have to take time. Do you have a favourite golfer, Tommy? I do, yeah. Who is it? You're going to like this. Go on. At the moment, it's Mimri Lee. Well, I'm not overly surprised after uh, being across your Twitter page in the last sort of couple of weeks. (laughs) Explain a little more because we love it here in Australia. He's class. He's, I mean... He's he's been a talented young player for a yep. long time, and he's he's really sort of grown into his shoes, isn't he? The last couple of weeks yeah. by winning the PGA and performing so well at the Aussie Open as well. But I mean, his social media game is something else. He's just got so much swag. He's great fun to watch play on and off the golf course, isn't he? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The form he was in over the Australian summer was was next level. But you mentioned the social media side of things. I, I think there are people, and golf's a really good example of this. It's a, a sport, as you touched on, it's steeped in tradition, and it's very hard to budge the ideas or the thoughts of, of many a, a golf governing body or even a fan right across the country in the world. But uh, Liv has a bit of a feel about it where it's new and social media is a huge part of that. If you're able to connect to a younger audience using social media, which he does, it goes a long way to continually building his brand in the right way. And then his game, well, if he plays like that, is going to continue to be loved by the other side of it as well. So social media in today's day and age with professional athletes, I think is understated by too many people. Totally agree with that. And, and Mim, I mean, when we was taking it to another level, he's got a hell of a good editor because some of the videos mm. that he pops up on Instagram and TikTok are amazing. 
So I'd love to have someone editing my podcast as well as he does. <laughs> in, in today's day and age, if you could give professional golfers a bit of advice, would, would that be one of them? Make sure you surround yourself. Of course, you've got the, the, the people who help you with your, with your game, be it physios, with your coach, your swing dot, whatever it might be from the actual tangible side of golf. But away from the golf course, the, the social media play, the websites, the way you build your brand digitally, is that the advice you would give to some of these professional golfers to make sure they, they focus a little more on that as well? 100%. And they need to stand out as well because there's too many robots now. Mm-hmm. It's not like the old days, you know, when there used to be lots of different characters like Lee Trevino was, was such good fun, used to interact with the crowd. You don't really get that so much now. It's a lot of guys which are just solely focused on on what they're trying to achieve on the golf course. And they're sort of forgetting that they are there for entertainment as well, you know. And it's and that's the kind of thing that Minwoo's doing because he's, he's such good fun to watch on the golf course. But like you say, he's just fantastic on social media as well. And he's got the whole package really, hasn't he? Hey, 2024 is upon us in the world of golf. You got something you think might happen? Give us a little surprise that you might think might happen in the golfing world. Um, well, I guess I think that the, the tours will come together at some stage. Yep. So, yeah, I think there'll be unity, which would be a good thing. Um, and, yeah, other than that, it's, I don't know, really. I mean, I've got predictions for majors. I think Bryson Shamo is going to win a major next mm-hmm. year. He just looks dialed. I've I watched him play at Live. Um, uh, Andalusia around Valderrama and he shot 63 on the Saturday round there which is probably the best ball strike in round I've ever seen in my life and he's he's telling me that he's he's got his driver in play and he's now working on his irons as well and he thinks he's he's getting dialed to a new level which he hasn't been in before so I think he's one to watch out for in 2024. Have you been surprised by the the live participants being still so great in majors the the three-day golf tournament which obviously attracted a, a couple of these high really high profile golfers and the fact that it's a bit more relaxed and it's a little less golf and all the rest of it there was a bit of a theory going into the majors that it might hurt them with four days of intense golf that has not been the case no it hasn't not at all and it's it really has proven the narrative wrong isn't it because a lot mm. of people said that they wouldn't they're sort of retiring from competitive golf and they haven't done that at all. And we've even seen the last five DP World Tour event winners, beginning with Wacker, not beginning with Wacker, beginning with Dean Burmester um, at the Joburg Open, have all been live players. Yep. And it goes to show really that, that they never lose their class. Like just because they're playing on a tour with a slightly different format, they still have that competitive edge. And having the downtime that they have, I think actually helps them to work on their game because they can go away, like swap manufacturers or do some like tinkering with their clubs or their swing or whatever. And they actually have a proper off season to be able to do that. And I, I think it's, a, it's quite a big positive for their games, to be honest. A couple of things. You get to travel a bit in your job. You, you roll out a little bit to golf tournaments around the world. Um, well, I'm hoping to come to, to Adelaide yes. um, next year, actually. Mm-hmm. But it's Yeah, I went to Spain last year and, um, yeah, I'm going to try and do a couple more. So Adelaide's definitely on the bucket list for 2024. Well, make sure you reach out. I will be there on, on the last day in Adelaide as I was last year. It's, it's an outstanding tournament. Uh, you're not getting to Vegas for live, are you? It's, um, I don't feel I'll get permission for that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit too soon as it, well. It's only six weeks. It, it is. They're very adaptable. They give a schedule and they like tie themselves to events, of course, in Super Bowl week, which is going to be very big. How do you swing them right now, Tom? You, you go all right out there? I'm not too bad. I'm still a plus golfer, but yep. yeah, not quite as good as it was, but yeah, still enjoy it. Love it, mate. I appreciate your time jumping on. I know you stayed up late to have a chat to us and uh, all the uh, the golf fans of which we have plenty here at SCN. Appreciate it, mate. So uh, reach out. Hopefully you can get a beer when we get to Adelaide and live. And uh, until then, have a wonderful Christmas and New Year and we'll chat soon. That'd be awesome. Thanks, Cam.